0: T Rex Talk. T Rex Talk. T Rex Talk. So That's the all name right, cool. Of our live uh, we've been away for a little bit because Long we've had. To the name. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot the name. We've been gone taking care of a bunch of things. Uh, we're short-staffed in the media department, so we were in the process of working on some product launches and some other things like that, and so it was a little hard to fit in these every week. Uh, setting up all the cameras, setting up all the systems needed to do that. So, uh, kind of had to delay that for a little bit, but oh, yeah. we're. We're back uh, to a weekly schedule, so Wednesdays uh, at this time, 4:30 Central. Uh, we're actually right now in the shipping area, so they're actually uh, still shipping packages. You can see a rack of holsters right here. Uh, yellow invoices, uh, which indicate a certain week that these were uh, printed. Uh, away all these could secrets. have. Oh, I know. I've talked about it before. Uh, these may have actually been as early as uh, this week. Actually, the yellow color. I'm not sure. We have a color. Oh yeah, yellow is actually this week. So those are going out. Uh, I guess we're ordered uh, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, and those are in process uh, getting ready to ship out. Um, so we're gonna answer some questions from you guys. There's obviously a lot going on. Uh, possibly talk about the way some of the work happens here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we, we've been talking a lot about um, being more transparent and trying to figure out uh, how we go about that with you guys and showing you guys what goes on here at T-Rex. If you're signed up on the newsletter, you've seen a couple of vlogs that we've produced. Another thing that I was hoping we could do once a week, uh, but it's kind of tricky uh, to do that uh, as, as far as you know, not having enough editors and media people and we're expanding and figuring that out. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so trying to show you guys a little more of what's going on uh, and talking, you know, obviously about some of the inventory shortages going on uh, that's due to various things uh, in the world that are happening or just not planning well enough, not forecasting well enough, not, you know, uh, preparing. Uh, we've been trying to prepare for Black Friday now since about February uh, in some ways. Uh, we usually try to plan about Uh, starting at the beginning of the year, right after uh, our Black Friday. Um, And there's some adjustments we've had to make along the way due to obviously COVID and due to other products like Armor having higher demand. Uh, So we're currently trying to obviously get product for that. And we're already planning for Black Friday of next year. And we haven't even hit the one this year. So there's a lot of logistics that goes into what we're trying to do. And And, uh, (laughs) it's it's rough. We're still learning too.
1: So this is something we're going to talk about. We're talking about. Launching product. We're talking about stuff that happened in the six weeks. I think we missed six days of lives. Isaac's mic. You're working on it. Oh, all right. Isaac's mic is down, so I'm gonna keep talking. Hey, just
0: tell me what you were gonna say, and I'll
1: say.
0: I can hear him through this. You can. Okay. Yeah. He's saying uh, that our company is horrible. Um. What? What do you need?
1: Oh, and the microphone. You can get in here. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, all the shippers. All the shippers are allowed to be in the shot. You may also be in the shot, Sean. Yeah, you can come. You can come over here. Yeah.
0: You're like, uh, you're like Alex, and you're like, uh, yeah, I can. I'll yell at you like, uh, you're my Alex,
1: is what you are. So, Jamie, my can promise. you bring that up for me? We can hear Isaac. It's just a uh, dim- it, bit more background. It's right. dim. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So one of the things that's kind of interesting, um, we did a bunch of super boring stuff over the six weeks that we were off air. We didn't have. There was a lot of stuff going on, but it wasn't all cool stuff. So, for example, uh, we've been working a lot on automation and logistics and sourcing stuff and fixing problems and trying to be more efficient in the company. And that's not as cool as introducing new products. That's not as cool as designing stuff. Uh, Oh, I did make some furniture. We're going to the range a lot. I did make some furniture that week. You did. Uh, Are you going to talk about that, the conference table? uh, So, speaking of vlogs, there is a vlog talking about how we made the new conference table. So, that should come out on Friday. Uh, but I'm not gonna promise that because one of the things that we're trying to do is uh, make fewer promises that we can't keep. Um, that's something that's been very hard to do this year because there have been so many weird logistical challenges this year. There is a crazy demand for every single kind of- Everything. Every single scrap of everything, tactical or gun-related. Tiny
0: parts, bad levers, QD mounts, the smallest thing all the way up to armor. And it's kind vision. of
1: amazing. And unfortunately, this happens the exact same year that there are major supply line issues because of something that happened in China, I can't remember what it was. Someone uh, ate a bat. It's probably disease related, I think, sounds like. Do, yep. uh, Joe Biden fixes it. And then later, I hear.
0: And then I was getting emails from manufacturers in Wuhan asking if I wanted masks during yeah. that time.
1: So it's that's one of the one of the things that we're trying to deal with is. Uh, just crazy demand. Everybody is kind of swamped with stuff. And that's one of the things that as the year progresses and the news cycle gets crazier, demand is only going to go up. Yep.
0: Uh, the elections, uh, there's a various cultural, societal things that are happening that are uh, changing the elections as well. Something I was, I've been noticing the past few months with some of the riots and protests and whatnot. Uh, four years ago when we started seeing Uh, rise in protests with the election and President Trump and people you know starting to fear that he was going to get in is uh, We saw a lot of riots and we saw a lot of protesting. We didn't see a lot of uh, We didn't see a lot of guns or weapons uh, used in those protests And one thing we're starting to see more and we're seeing it in Wisconsin right now is a lot more uh, Rioters and protesters that are armed now. There's not necessarily Obviously, you know anything wrong with people being armed. We're obviously all about that Uh, but it's definitely a Uh, extra considerations to take into account uh, and we're seeing some of that evolve and progress. We're seeing more people with equipment. Uh, Some of the people that were defending gas stations just last night, the night before, had night vision. Uh, Four years ago, we wouldn't have seen that. Uh, PBS-14s, just regular folks having night vision and body armor. Uh, So there are some things that are escalating and evolving with time. Um, That's something that's really interesting, and I was researching and looking at some of that this morning. Obviously, posting some stuff on Instagram, which you guys have probably seen. Um, But it's definitely something to uh, take into account as you're trying to prepare for things. Get your equipment, get your gear, uh, and figure out what's going on. Um, Just interesting, you know, know. studying that, looking at it. And I think it will start – we're obviously going to get more data as far as that goes closer to the election. Um, but we'll also see more supply getting bought up, more equipment, it's gonna be harder to get stuff closer to the election, Um, and then possibly after the election as well, depending on which way it goes, honestly, either way it goes, um, I think we're gonna still see months of supply issues on certain products. And it's not just like, you know, plate carriers, obviously nobody can get plate carriers right now, but it's stuff like Eotex, it's stuff like optics, you know, it's been very hard to get some of that Um, because every distributor buying from EOTech is upping how much they want. Uh, We're upping how much we want. And so it's been hard to get retail items and optics and expensive items. Uh, PEC-15s is another one. Very hard to keep those in stock, which is also cool, because it means a lot of those are getting bought up, most likely by regular folks, average Joes. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have been very hard to stock as well, so. Which is really good. Which I actually like. I think it's really cool that it's hard to get some of the stuff, because it means there's a lot more of it flooding the market. However, Although it means they're
1: out of stock and we
0: can't provide those to you. And I don't reveals, like that either.
1: But It reveals a weakness. It reveals uh, how fragile kind of the giant um, global supply chain and manufacturing uh, economic model that we've built over the last few years, uh, our last few decades, uh, since the invention of the Connex box, basically, it is so difficult to scale up to meet demand once you have made maximum efficiency the goal of your company. So a lot of the things that Lucas is talking about are things that are hard to make uh, really quickly. And that's fine as long as you can predict, as long as you can predict what your demand is gonna be and you scale very slowly to meet the slow changes in demand, that's great. But as soon as there are interruptions to supply line or as soon as demand is uh, unpredictably high, then it's actually very, very difficult <coughs> to, and, to catch up or to uh, adapt to these things. And that's one of the things that we're seeing is that a lot of manufacturing companies, a lot of supply chains, a lot of logistics capabilities, even retail operations, not as flexible as they were decades ago. And there's a cost, true. obviously. Things have gotten cheaper over the years, but the cost that we see is in um, resiliency. Yep, and that's, then that's, this is very revealing.
0: And an interesting thing that I'm also noticing as well is when you have a high end electronic product, like say an EOTech site or a laser, uh, trying to scale that product for mass production requires a lot more machinery and expensive machinery. Uh, we were fortunate in the holster business, uh, scaling holster production has been, uh, it's not insanely expensive. We're not forced yeah. to buy $500,000 CNC machines. So it's a little easier to scale that compared to a company making a, you know, fifteen hundred dollar scope with a lot of crazy technology and nitrogen that they're putting into it and purging the scope and all sorts of electronics and illuminating the reticle. Like scaling that may require, you know, $1.5 million in machinery. And then the company has to make the decision. There's a lot of demand right now. If I hire 10 more people and drop four million dollars in machines, Will that demand stay so that I can actually make money on that? Because I actually have to run that machinery and those people for four years to actually make my money back. So for some of these companies, maybe high-end products that are hard to stock, some of it just comes down to the scaling cost is exponential and it's very high um you know and then, so and so that's been something that's been kind of interesting to see with the, the holster business I and mean, we were very blessed and fortunate that that's that's our our business is it is a little cheaper to scale that a little easier
1: um but there's now. still per for now there's still personnel buildings i've been researching which
0: uh and there goes the money <laughs> uh but yes there's all sorts of automation and cool things and we're learning a lot of that, because we're not experts, I'm not an expert CEO, Isaac's not an expert at necessarily what he Anything. does, although he is an expert at like graphics and stuff like chameleons and the yeah, cool things like that. Yeah,
1: stuff I don't do for T-Rex is what I'm good at. I had a fascinating <coughs> interview though, with a, oh, yeah. uh, someone who is an expert in automation. He's a, a sales engineer for one of the biggest automation um, companies in the world. Uh, they're primarily US-based, but he came out and he said, hey, we are super busy oh, yeah. right now, every company is automating like mad, not so much to scale, although many companies need to scale. Um, They're just super worried about the fragility of their human workforce uh, in the light of pandemic stuff. So there is a, I I don't know for sure that everyone's learning the right lessons from the economic situation that we're undergoing, but a ton of companies want to automate just so that they have options when people can't show up for work. And I'm not sure if that's going to be something that works in the 2021 economy, but, There's a massive shift in that direction, which is being driven by kind of the free market, but more driven by weird circumstances that we're seeing coming from a less free market than I'd like.
0: Ammunition, so a couple couple of you guys are bringing up ammo, saying T-Rex should get into ammo. So that was something I looked into a couple of years ago, and the reason ammo is very hard to get into is, once again, it requires some expensive machinery, uh, Candex autoloaders, all sorts of crazy stuff. But then the other thing is you're relying on Obviously, the primers, the powder, uh, the brass, because I'm not going to manufacture the brass myself, most likely, and then obviously the bolts themselves. So as far as the cost of goods, the cogs going on there, if supply line uh, dries up for primers because other ammo companies are buying those up, even if I have all the fancy machines and personnel, I may not be able to get the actual raw goods to then actually assemble the ammo. So I'm not really manufacturing ammo, because I'm not making the primers myself. I'm not you know, making the gunpowder myself. Maybe I can make the bullets myself. Um, I'm having to rely on supply line for all those other raw goods. Yeah. And people have argued saying, uh, you know, hey, now is a great time to get into reloading. And guys are saying, no, it's not. All the stuff there is bought up too. The time for reloading was a year ago where you then buy your gunpowder and then you buy your primers and you stockpile those to some extent and you manufacture that because you had it from before. And people have been asking how we're getting our ammo. Uh, We're not getting ammo. We've been able to buy a few thousand rounds since everything kicked off back in April. Uh, We're relying on the ammo we had from last year, which we buy (laughs) at the end of every year, a couple pallets. um, And actually we've slowed down some of our shooting and kind of change the way we're doing things, and I'm actually shooting less right now, just do with just with stuff here and business whatnot, which is actually convenient, because we don't wanna burn through all of our ammo. Um, but you know, starting an ammo company, we looked in, I looked into it, I, I talked to some guys that ran ammo, ammo companies, and there's very slim margins, it's very hard to get into the equipment, scaling is difficult because uh, of the cost of the equipment, and then you're still relying on, obviously, the primers, the bullets, and everything, so it's not as easy as just, there's a problem, let's go fix it. Like. No, there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's also a reason why a lot of the smaller companies that get into reman, you know, ammo, uh, they're competing with like Winchester and they're competing with Blazer and CCI and these large companies producing a lot of ammunition. And it's very hard for some of the smaller companies to get off the ground and actually turn a profit with the tiny margins that ammo has.
1: And especially if you're basing your business model on a demand, like the demand right now. Now, So if I say that the, uh, the pandemic is artificial, uh, YouTube will cut the stream. But I think it's okay for me to say that um, various uh, news coverage around the election is artificial. So sure. the demand for ammo is abnormally high. It's not being driven uh, by anything that is guaranteed to be the case in 2021. So that's the kind of thing where if you build a business model around what the demand was in 2020, you may not actually have a business model that works in 2021 or 2022. Maybe you do, it's really hard to say. So that is, yeah, it's, it's been interesting how many people I've seen who have looked at what's happening right now today, and they're saying, oh, I should start a business that does X, Y, or Z in the tactical space. Uh, Now is really a rough time to start, I have to say, because the demand is really high, but it is artificially high, and there's just almost nothing to start your business with right now.
0: There's some people saying who's buying the ammo, and they're naming some names you may see in the news. Um, I I don't think there's some crazy conspiracy. Uh, This has happened many times the past few decades. When an election comes up, when there is a threat of a gun ban, when there is some political thing, Ammo disappears. Yeah. Uh, when there has been a shooting, Sandy Hook, ammo disappears. This is nothing new. Now, During we're combining... Election
1: season, Hillary Clinton just needs more of it. Right.
0: You know? Now, the unique thing with 2020, though, is we're combining two events. We had an event at the beginning of the year. That caused the run on ammo separate from the election. But we also have the election and people gearing up, kind of figuring out what's going on with that. So this year's particularly worse as far as ammo goes but we also have three million new gun owners who are all buying at least some ammo i mean even if they're buying 100 rounds each well do the math 100 times three million that's a lot of rounds that wouldn't have been bought last year they're now being bought this year um i don't believe there's some crazy conspiracy yeah. why the ammo has gone it's just there's a lot of people getting into ammo and buying ammo and there's an election and there's a pandemic so it's gone do you remember it's going how quickly, up in price. Do
1: you remember how quickly toilet paper disappeared? And toilet paper is yeah. way easier to make than ammunition. So just doesn't have to be a huge conspiracy. It just has to be- Plus you don't need toilet paper. As much as bullets in a lot of situations. Right, I guess you
0: could throw rocks. But, so that's what's going on with ammo. And yes, it's very hard to get. People are asking, how do I buy ammo? Uh, it really depends on how serious you are. One thing you can do is just look on websites every day when you get up you may you're going to pay extra you're not going to be paying 18 cents a round for nine mil probably going to pay upwards of charles was telling me he was seeing some for like what 50 or 60? 50, 60 50 60 cents a round for nine mil that's a lot but if you really need 100 rounds i would say just pay that and get that 100 rounds don't go to the range and blow it i mean dry fire maybe get a airsoft pistol i'm actually going to probably uh buy a couple airsoft glocks uh do more dry fire uh, we actually went out this was kind of fun and you guys will probably see some of this We had a customer service range uh, night actually last night. So we took the whole customer service team. This is something that uh, Kyle, our customer service director, uh, came to me months ago and said, hey, can we do customer service range days? And we bring the whole team out and you answer questions for us and we actually shoot and run different product. And I was like, great idea. You guys need to know about this stuff more anyway so you can serve our customers more effectively. Let's do it. So we've done a number of them since then. But last night I uh, spent all day gathering up a gear, every light laser, every type of configuration, stuff we sell, stuff we don't sell. Uh, We went out to the range, we were out there from seven till about 11.30 midnight, and uh, we didn't fire a single round. We didn't shoot at all. We were running around in the moonlight and running around inside of a couple of Connex boxes, because obviously there's no ambient light. And I was just showing them what different night vision looked like, PVS-14, uh, sevens, duels, Wyatt Foss, uh, quads, different lasers, civilian class, full power, pistols. Um, we ran a couple little like obstacle course type things, which are actually more effective for uh, you know, getting comfortable with night vision than shooting. Shooting with night vision is easy. Uh, we were painting lasers on targets and saying bang because that's really all it comes down to is just laser comes up, it's on the target, I say bang, like okay bang. And I, we didn't shoot a single round, You know, we saved a lot of money by not shooting, but they got a lot of benefit out of wearing the night vision, running around, we had balance beams, they are having to identify numbers inside of a conics box, play with the focus on their night vision. Uh, we're going to be doing some more of those. Uh,
1: to change the subject completely, can I join the customer service department?
0: It is pretty fun over there, I've been told. (laughs) They're just uh, right over there. In fact, uh, we have a new guy over there who's giving us a weird look. But uh, yeah, customer service is pretty cool. Uh, We have another, our next customer service night range, although it's not range, is actually going to be here in the shop. And we're going to be running white lights. Uh, So TLR7s, X300s, uh, TLR01s, night vision indoors. We'll have to cut all the security cameras for that, I guess, because of the IR lights. But yeah, there's a lot you can do, and I've actually been trying to think about this. Like, What are some other skill sets we can focus on and develop, uh, like land, nav, uh, medical, that isn't about shooting ammo, because we can't get ammo right now, and nobody can really get ammo right now. What are other things we can focus on for our capabilities and not focus on that? Which is why I went out and uh, created the dry fire video for people, um, and that's also why I think having like airsoft guns, um, laser pistols could be really good. Possibly VR as well. We're actually going to set up a VR computer set up in the uh, back in the media room to actually do some things with. Uh, and honestly, this was I was kind of kind of theorizing some things. If ammo doesn't come back for a couple of years or becomes readily available. One option that could be really good is uh, there are these big airsoft events, which are actually can be very interesting as far as testing certain things and doing some force on force on a somewhat organized level or unorganized. Uh, There's one actually coming up in November. I'm thinking about going to and doing some night vision stuff there. Uh, But airsoft is very cheap to get into. And I don't see that airsoft ammo going up in price. Uh, I don't see airsoft guns going up in price. And you could actually get some reps in uh, running around, moving around, using a white light, um, actually engaging an opponent. Um, So there's actually a lot of training that this pandemic could force that people aren't doing that they should be doing uh, because they can't get ammo and just go to the range and burn it. So Interesting things to think about. Uh, definitely some things that we're gonna be talking about more in future. future. Uh, there's some guys I'd like to bring out and teach us some stuff. Not revolving shooting, because uh, no. we've been doing a lot of that past few years, but now maybe focus on some other stuff. And I'm sure some of you guys are saying, "Well, oh, focus on the gym, there's no ammo. You're not wrong. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll take a few months and go get yoked.
1: There is a bunch of stuff that we need to be doing. I need to be doing some more night vision videos. I'm doing more there's running. a ton of radio stuff. Uh, that we could be, be focusing on. A bunch of more radio tests that we did recently. So one of the yep. other things that I wanted to talk about is um, what we've been talking about has related to resiliency, removing fragility from the company, trying to deal with logistics issues and get better at supplying uh, the product. Uh, we also added a couple of different backups for media. So this past week uh, turned all of the existing lives that we did back earlier in the year and made those into a podcast. Um, The live stream that we're doing now will become a podcast. Uh, So search T-Rex Talk on, uh, I think it's on all of the big ones now. It's on iTunes, it's on Spotify. It should be pretty easy to find as a podcast. So we're trying to deliver some of our content on more platforms to be prepared for if we got unplatformed, what do they call that? Deplatforming? Deplatformed.
0: Deplatformization. If we
1: got dehumanized or if we got disenfranchised from the platform somehow. Um, so we're on different platforms. We also backed up the YouTube channel on LRBY. Uh, let me know what you guys think about BitChute, if that's another option. But um, yeah, check out the podcast if you want to listen to this. Now, some of your podcasts, you do a lot of demoing of stuff on camera. And then other podcasts, the video is not that important. Correct. Um, so uh, definitely subscribe to the podcast. It's not that important. It's easier to listen to on yeah. the road and stuff. Yeah, we're not showing
0: I mean we're in a really cool shop for those of you listening and you there's stuff in, happening in the background and everyone's wearing T Rex inflatable T Rex suits. Which you can't see if you're listening to this. Okay, just there's kidding. We're not actually cool wearing stuff. inflatable T Rex suits. If you're only but,
1: listening, the coolness is unimaginable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You gotta gotta tune in Well you know, Podcasts should do this. They should show coupon codes on printed cards to force people to watch the podcast, not just listen to it, and be like, there's coupon codes and banners featured in the video visually that you won't hear. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, we can
1: do ads. We can do ads for stuff. Get your Skillshare coupons and learn a valuable skill like Dry Fire. Yeah, subscribe to Blue Apron. That was not an ad. Uh, Or
0: Rain, Rain. Uh, That's not an ad either, actually. (laughs) uh yeah no we don't do ads um unless it's i guess for our own stuff or other companies that we like uh so as far as dry fire let's go back to that real quick um we are currently going out and collecting every uh cs i think is working on that every dry fire uh product that has been created uh to enhance the dry fire training experience um because i don't have all those and i don't really use any of them but i do want to get those and use them some and be able to recommend some of them because I don't think the ammo thing is going to come back anytime soon, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be working on our gun skills. And I think due to events that occurred last night and that are going to continue occurring uh, throughout the year, you guys would agree, gun skills, uh, weapons handling, are a lot of people messaging me and saying, well, I'm taking it more seriously now. Uh, I think it's one reason why some of our videos, how to shoot a pistol in 10 minutes, dry fire are getting a lot of views because people yeah. are very interested in this right now compared to obviously prior years um but i'm looking into some other stuff that can be used to you know where you can still train without having to spend a fortune shooting because yeah 50 cents around for nine mil uh, man i wouldn't shoot a lot if that was the case um and we're not shooting a lot right now we're shooting i'm shooting once a week with uh for a, a content range day video day depending on what we're filming and then I'm doing like two hours, three hours of personal training, Uh, that's about what I'm doing right now. So I'm really not getting to the range and doing thousands of rounds like I used to. Uh, I think this year I'll come in at 60K, 50K maybe, Uh, probably 50 actually. Year before it was like 80, year before that was 100. Um, So we'll probably be at 50K for this year and then next year I'll probably slow it down even more if we can't get ammo. Or I'll just shoot Gucci calibers because those you can actually still find like 300 blackout to some extent, um, yeah. Maybe I'll get into 458 SOCOM, 10 round mags. Uh, just kidding, I'm not gonna do that, that's stupid. Um, 40, i I've got a lot of 40 ammo, I'm gonna start shooting that again, uh, cause I have like 9,000 rounds of that, and why not? And I think that comes back in stock a little more than nine mil or is available. Uh, so weird calibers is actually kind of interesting. They kind of stick around longer. Actually kind of so. kicking
1: myself that I didn't build a 300 blackout rifle last year. I
0: did buy, right when everything was kicking off, I was able to buy about Uh, 2 or 3,000 rounds of 300 blackout that was still in stock, so that ammo lasted longer than 5.56 and 2.23, so that was cool. Uh, And that is a reason to have probably 300 uh, 300 blackout um, in addition to your 5.56 gun. Uh, 308's actually been stocked a little longer as well, which is convenient. Um, But yeah, weird calibers is an interesting conversation for sure. Um, But I don't think the ammo situation is going to improve anytime soon so but yeah. that doesn't mean don't train there's other things you can be doing for sure yeah. and we will bring you guys up to speed on what we find or what we're thinking or what we're whatever yeah. we actually talked about a big one today it's a little more tricky yeah i don't know how really we'll do curious, that one
1: curious to see what you find out with the the dry fire aids i like yep. the cert pistol a lot Cert pistols good i am not stuff. sure of the other ones
0: there's yeah there's co2 the stuff there's, there's, there's honestly a big one i think it's vr uh, leak you. I don't know, do you see the thing I put in my story? I did. I honestly think VR is an untapped dry fire resource that, there's a couple companies dabbling in it. Um, I want to play with that, and I want to throw out a business idea, okay? This is a free one for you guys if you uh, if you want to go develop it. It would be one of the, there's a standalone VR headset now. Uh, one of the guys over here has one, uh, so you don't need all the cameras and everything. I can't which, one, which model it's called. If someone made a dry fire system inside of that and they sold it as a kit, so it was a one and done, you buy it from the website, thousand like $800 gets you everything including the program and the controllers or the gun.
1: That's a lot of money though.
0: But the savings it would give you and the added benefit, we could then do shoot no shoot scenarios in it with the chameleons. We yes. could do all kinds of USPSA type drills. There would be no movement. It would all be static shooting in a 360 degree environment. You can't really move with VR. You can do a little bit, not much. Um, but there's you can do crouching, you can shoot uh, barriers. Power, yeah. You can shoot barriers, stuff like that. But something like that, I'm thinking, would actually be very effective in ammo shortage times. And there's other kinds of drills that you can do um, that you really you, you're not going to be able to do. Um, on a live fire range, anyway. So, I don't know. Free yeah. business idea to someone. Maybe we'll go make it. I don't know.
1: Uh, there's a couple of people working on it already. There I kind of hate to reinvent the wheel, but anyone who oh, is doing do it, well. it, let me know. If yeah, let's you have know. an idea for porting Contact the chameleon me. tech over to a VR thing because there's that'd a be nifty.
0: There's a company in Canada, they're focusing more on putting controllers on a real gun. I don't really care about that. I really don't care about the gun. I care about what I'm seeing and what I'm having to process. I really don't care about the the, the thing that I am like holding onto. I think people emphasize that too much, and I told them that. Um, I said, be more focused on the visual aspect and what people are having to see and process, um, not so much the thing they're holding. Because I've done, oh, I have a VR video game. Yeah, I have a VR thing at my house, and I've gotten in there with the controllers and played like multiplayer games and stuff. And uh, I didn't care. I didn't have a gun. Like I didn't need the gun that I'm holding to get training out of it. I was able to just look, see, turn, crouch, prone, shoot, see things. Uh, it's a little expensive to get into right now. Uh, that setup was about $900, plus you have to have a good computer, so another grand. Uh, so it's a little expensive right now, but one of the standalones might work. But anyway, there's a lot of stuff out there, and I think, and this is a good this is a good thing, we've talked about this before, um, opportunities being created due to uh, various circumstances, sometimes uh, poor circumstances. Yeah. Um, but this is a, a good example of it. You know, you have an ammo shortage, which is bad and hurts everyone, but it opens up all sorts of entrepreneurial opportunities in the realm of dry fire aids or VR stuff, yeah. places where you could actually go start a business. Because uh, I've had people messaging me, going, Can I, I want to start a firearms related company selling stuff. And I'm like, Yeah, now's not a there great time. There's no stuff to buy to sell. So, Uh, You probably can't start that business right now, but you might be able to go start a business selling some sort of dry fire thing or repackaging something or customer servicing something that is actually a need right now because of an event that has happened. But then you have to factor in when the ammo comes back, is your company that you just made and developed and whatever, is that now going to go the way of the dodo? Or can you quickly scale and go over and do this thing over here? So all things to think about.
1: Yeah, I would say, because we were kind of critical about Now is not a good time to start an ammo company because of how expensive and difficult it is to start up, and you don't know what the future looks like. But if you're able to take the advantage uh, of the abnormal situation now to get a foothold in the VR training space, for example, you could then build on that in the future. Regardless of what happens, you could add capabilities beyond what live ammo would uh, would take away in the future. Now, uh, another quick media thing. Yes. Uh, We started a newsletter. Now, actually, all we've done the back. newsletter before, oh. but uh, you guys need to be on the newsletter. Oh. Do you want to talk about how we're on the newsletter? The main reason that we have a new newsletter is because uh, resiliency, the, the opportunity for being deplatformed changes all the time. I've already said at least two things that we could potentially be deplatformed for on this very It'll podcast. happen at some point. It will. It'll probably happen at some point. As, as the election gets closer, I was actually thinking that we would be gone by now based on election stuff. But because there was so much uh, COVID-related media banning, COVID COVID misinformation banning earlier on, um, we haven't seen a lot of political bans.
0: How to get on the newsletter real fast. On the homepage of our website, scroll down slightly. There's a thing. Put in your email. Hit sign up. You're good to go.
1: And once you're on the newsletter, then it's easier for us to get in touch with you after we no longer have a YouTube channel. With that said, Uh, as far as
0: expectation goes, uh, I've had people message me and be like, I'm not getting a newsletter. We're not sending newsletters every day. We're not going to Hobby Lobby you. Um, We are sending them for product launches, which some of you all know about, which we won't talk about. And then there's some other things that we want to send out as well. Um, We're also, it sounds like, we've we've been doing this on certain products as well, keeping you guys updated. We also are sending out uh, certain emails to certain waitlists on certain products, giving updates. Um, There's actually, I need to film a video on an update on a product uh, probably this week to send out to all the people on that waitlist. Um, So that's a whole separate email that they are gonna get that the normal newsletter won't. Uh, We're trying to just be uh, a little more in contact with you guys on what's going on, on specific products, um, and then various content. The cool thing is gonna be, uh, we actually figured out a way. It's not, I mean, it's not super exclusive, but it's cool. Uh, We can embed a video in the newsletter that we unlist on our website, we unlist on YouTube, we unlist on Vimeo, um, and the only way to watch the video is in the newsletter or if someone publishes the link from that, it sounds like from the video on a, like a Reddit, then everyone on Reddit could re- watch it. Uh, but for the most part, it's going to be a newsletter exclusive video. And I'm thinking about sending some stuff out that way, uh, talking about some training stuff or some dry fire stuff. Um, so we're trying to have some more exclusive content, but there's also things we could talk about on the newsletter that we may not be able to talk about here on YouTube or on Instagram because of deplatforming. because the newsletter is our servers, our site, our control, we have it, it's ours. I guess Vimeo could kill a video if they wanted. Um, but for the most part, it's our stuff and we're a little more in control, which I like a lot.
1: Yeah, so, so. building ways to keep in touch with you guys uh, through the podcast, through the newsletter, things like that have been things that we've worked on. But yeah, it's it's been kind of weird the last, I don't know, the last year has been weird in terms of on. demand, but having to adjust and develop things inside the company around that have been weird for the last few weeks. So you missed six weird live streams that we didn't do, but uh, it's full of stuff that we couldn't talk about anyway. So yeah.
0: Um, Thigh strap soon for everyone asking. And it is uh, better. It's updated. It's really cool. Uh, That's part of the reason why it's been gone for a while. Uh, The other reason why is uh, material has been almost impossible to get the elastic material for the strap itself, but we are bringing it back soon. Again, it's coming, but apologies for not having it. We didn't like not having it, obviously, and you guys don't either. Uh, But the material's been really hard to source. That's been a problem. But they are coming back soon. And I mean, like, within the next couple weeks, they will be available. They'll probably be gone, though, and then we're going to have to wait for more.
1: Yeah, so this is a very interesting thing. A lot of the stuff that happened in the beginning of the year with various factory shutdowns in China did not actually affect American manufacturers until weeks or months later. The automation that's gonna be put into factories because there are significant uh, weaknesses to puny human workers like ourselves, that's not actually gonna affect the workforce until months later. So a lot of these things that are happening, you don't actually see the real effect. Um, And there are a number of, I guess, ripples that are probably gonna start coinciding with one another. It's gonna be kind of weird. We have an opportunity because we're now a large enough company that when we buy material, we often buy it direct from the manufacturers or direct from importers. We're actually able to hear a little bit more about what's going on than we were when we were not a company, not manufacturers. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting what is happening to logistics and supply chain and manufacturing in the world. It's kind of wild. Someone's saying, are you aware that many of your products
0: are being cloned on AliExpress and other, and Alibaba and all those other sites? Uh, yes, and there's nothing we can do about it. Those are foreign companies in Asia that basically do whatever they want, and frankly, I don't really care. But yes, um, we will always be copied by companies in the industry uh, and also companies international. Um, they actually have some really interesting clones. I thought about buying them to see how good they are, how close they are to our stuff. I just haven't gotten around to it. But yes, yeah. there's a lot of weird clone gear out there uh, that gets copied from basically everyone. Uh, Geisley, optics, mounts, holsters, Safari Land. Like yeah, there's all sorts of clones. Yeah. Uh, if you order them, though, I will warn you, they take a while to get here, uh, weeks, sometimes, or longer. I used to order—I uh, ordered a couple Airsoft Pecs a long time ago for something, and I used to order the <laughs> Airsoft X300s yes. uh, for holster molding because I couldn't afford to have real ones on every mold gun because they're 200-something dollars each, and, you know, i got 20 guns I'm molding on, so we back in the day, they're t- I b- bought them in tan so I could tell them apart. You could also tell, tell them apart holding them, but those yeah. would take weeks or uh, even a couple months to get in. So don't go and buy rip-off gear from overseas, plus it's usually not as good. If you do, go ahead and just, you
1: know, you're in, for, you're in for a ride.
0: Yeah, Don't no. buy tourniquets. Those will fall apart when you're actually trying to save someone's life. Uh, there are uh, counterfeit cat tourniquets out there. They're like $10, and that's why people are like, oh, they're so cheap. I'm going to get one instead of $30. Well, you just bought a product you can't even use, so you wasted $10 because it'll break as soon as you put it on someone's limb. Uh, there have been reports of that happening. Departments going out buying, because uh, their purchaser is like, oh, this one's cheaper, I'll just buy this one for $10 each. And then the department gets them, they go to use one, doesn't work, they use it on a, another, you know, not one of their like officers, but on someone else in public, doesn't work, problems, death, all sorts of stuff that most you probably don't want.
1: Most expensive 10 bucks you ever saved. Uh,
0: yes, so don't do that. Um, alright, so, uh, moving on, don't know what you're talking about, that is correct, so you're not supposed to, Mantis X, we're gonna get one, we're gonna try that as well, I'm gonna scroll up, we're gonna hit, hit some comments real fast, uh, this is where everyone now starts commenting, because so they're like, oh, he's looking at his phone now, 5.7 holster, probably not, it's not a common enough gun, I know certain individuals in the industry are pushing it because they're being paid to push it. Which 5.7 though? Uh. There's two now. Yeah, they're probably talking the real one, not the Ruger one, um, no, we're not gonna do it, uh, <laughs> we're not gonna do that. Uh, Footwear. Actually, an interesting conversation due to events last night. Uh, In an urban environment, sneakers work really well, I might say.
1: Uh, I wish I was wearing my cowboy
0: boots right now. Not necessarily cowboy boots. Um, Sneakers are great. Doesn't really matter too much, though. Um, Controls engineer. Interesting. Um, uh, Oh, a thigh strap. Uh, The old one wasn't bad. We just made it better. Someone was asking about that. You'll see. You'll see. It's pretty cool um it's also a tad a little more expensive by a few bucks but uh it's it's gives you some more capability which is great you'll see which
1: which is an interesting point when you see a brand new product that's out i would say that now is a really good time to think about whether or not you need the marginal upgrade that it provides because for Mm -hmm. several reasons number one well there's a couple considerations like number one is obviously can you afford it is it worth the money to you but another consideration that i've been thinking about recently is is somebody else gonna be able to use this if I don't buy it? And with the current demand on stuff, that's actually a thing. There have been a few things that were on my wish list to go and get to test, but it was like, I really don't need it. And I know that someone else will buy it and I'll be happy that they had it. I don't actually need another one of these, a different one of these sitting on the shelf to play with. Someone else will actually be able to use this. In the past, I've never had to think about that. I've known that like, if I buy this particular radio, there will be another one on the shelf. Right now, it's not right now. So, I would say really think about that in addition to the money thing. As you as you weigh the pros and cons of upgrading something for an experiment, for a test, stuff is legitimately scarce right now. It's not just that the websites are being lazy putting it up, it's stuff hard to hard get to find. stuff. Yeah. Um, people who want it, yeah, people who want it for good reasons are trying to get it. It's not just hobbyists, yeah. it's not just a John Wick movie made stuff popular. Like, like people want this stuff for really important reasons, and it's hard to find. So I would, I would say, think about that. But we do have the next Call of Duty Blackout, Block Ops coming out. Not Blackout. Uh, I miss Black Ops.
0: Uh, a Blops, uh, Cold War released earlier today, and so <laughs> my assumption is retro-style guns of the Cold War are going to disappear even more. Uh, towards the end of the year when it comes out early next year. Granted, everything's gone right now, but uh, culture does drive certain sales of certain weapons for sure. Um, although, right now, with everything being gone, I frankly, it's, you're probably not going to notice it too much. Also, but, uh, it's I'm going to analyze some game. of the guns tonight.
1: It's a black there's. ops game, which means it's going to have guns from the 90s, the cool 2000s, and today even though it's set in the 80s.
0: Fully modified Scorpions that you can't actually modify in real life because the parts don't exist. And G11s, the support it.
1: Spaz 12s, I all the stuff. I don't think
0: they're gonna do that. I think not I saw again? an MP5 in the trailer, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think so, they probably, last, they that. should. Uh, 40 or nine mil. Uh, nine mil is the preferred these days. If 40 is what you got or all you have, it's fine. Run with it, you're okay. I would take 40 over 45. I would take nine over 40. Uh, people love to talk crap on 40, uh, 40 will still work. Um, it's still double stack. You can get away with it. It's still decent. Um, you may get, be able to get 40 ammo a little easier. Uh, nine mil is preferred, especially with, uh, technology in some of the rounds nowadays, the hollow points and stuff like that. Like it's legit yeah. stuff. The I bonded shoot,
1: rounds. I shoot like nine that. better than 40, but... I have yeah. 40 ammo and I have a couple of 40 Glocks. So um, I might go back to that ooh, this year. I don't know what it is. Get into that.
0: Uh, Viridians. Uh, we don't do Viridian holsters, probably never will. Uh, TLR 2. Uh, no, we don't do that either. Honestly, Viz Laser on a pistol, fairly overrated unless you really need uh, you're running a shield, you want to Han Solo uh, people under a table, or you need to shoot around a corner or something. Um, you Honestly, Chris, you'd be easier off ditching that light laser and putting a standard light on and then being able to use holsters from basically any company is what I would recommend. Just get a TLR1, 120 bucks. They might even be on our website, 130 bucks, And then you can get any holster. You don't have to then look for a holster company that makes a weird holster for the TLR2 or the Viridian. Uh, do you think SA will ever allow thigh straps? No, I don't think so. They are a little fuddy. Speaking um, of console there have been some good emails that have been exchanged. Uh, I was involved in some of that with the... Uh, high up people in USPSA and they literally said, it looks too militaristic, we don't want that. And it was like, no, it's more cowboy, because that's what cowboys used to do, and it's safer and it keeps, I can have more retention so the gun doesn't fly out of my holster and I have a more consistent draw, which we should want. It's not militaristic, it's just how I run the holster. But due to perception and how fuddy USPSA can be, they didn't like it, so no, I don't think so. I think in open you can do it, but in a carry optics, uh, any of those other divisions um, that I like, you can't do it unless you go to a club match and they allow it.
1: Whatever. Um, Someone's asking what we'll do if Joe and Camel Harris get elected into office. Uh, I'm not sure because we're already basically sold out of everything, so we'll just continue to sell out of stuff super fast. Uh, we'll see. Um, She's going to ban I the importation no one, yeah. of AR-15s because they're, you know, being imported. Well, and, and people.
0: The biggest question is, if there's an assault weapon ban, what do you do? Or what will happen with the company YouTube? My response is there will be bigger things to worry about than Instagram company stuff if that happens. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what occurs. What we would have if they were in, though, is uh, the GOP. Uh, would unite against them on bills and stuff, which we currently don't have with President Trump in. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it may actually be better in some ways, believe it or not. For uh, gun stuff. For gun stuff, if they were in than President Trump, who's actually ushered in uh, more firearms legislation than Obama ever did.
1: Now, Obama sold more guns than he did.
0: Obama sold more guns than President Trump did.
1: Fun fact. Joe um, Biden has accidentally sold more guns than Obama has possibly. Yeah, it's pretty great. Actually strengthened the Second
0: Amendment that way. Um, Claymore Sidecar. That was a joke from April Fool's. It's not actually a thing. I'm
1: sorry. Um, I mean, it, it physically exists, but that doesn't mean it's actually a thing.
0: Two-to-one adapter. Uh, they're inbound. They're not on the website yet, but we should have them in the future. Don't know when. Uh, again, manufacturing and people buying stuff. It's very hard to get items right now, and it's a little unfort, a little unfortunate. Um, I worked on, yes, I did work on that. Uh, oh, okay, da da da. Dry fire rifle. You can dry fire rifles, yes, uh, unless it's a twenty-two. Don't do that. Uh, but yeah, dry fire your AR. The big thing with dry firing a rifle, though, is it's not so much pressing the trigger. It's more just getting your sight. So yeah. you don't have to be doing this. Just bring the gun up bring the gun up, transition, uh, reloads. Uh, you don't actually have to press the trigger a lot. Uh, I do it a little bit, but not a lot. I mainly just focus on side alignment, getting my side on things, indexing the gun from low ready, relaxed ready, uh, gun not even in my hands, on a sling. Uh, it's not always pressing the trigger. You can go watch my video, uh, what to do when there's no ammo on YouTube. And I actually touch on that when I talk about dry firing rifles. As far as it being safe and okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, you're jiggling the camera slightly, Charles, but it's OK. Just letting you know. <laughs> uh, his elbows on the thing. It's fine, though. Um, Da-da-da-da, polymer 80s. Uh, you've had more experience with those than I have.
1: So right? Polymer 80s, well, have. I love really. the concept, obviously, for many reasons. Uh, the Ragnarok is available for Polymer 80. Ugh. And uh, if you run a light with it, it's more compatible with regular Glock holsters. If you're not running the light, you're just oh, running the watching. gun by itself, then you actually uh, you actually uh, need to get the Polymer 80 Ragnarok, not the regular Ragnarok. And I'm afraid we don't have sidecars or Raptors for that one. It hasn't been as popular as I had hoped uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I'd hoped that it was popular enough that we'd we'd have time to support it. But number two, just really hope that there'd be a lot more Polymer 80 or other 80% Glocks out there. Um, I think the GST is very interesting too, if I'm remembering the name correctly. Um, There's another one that I really like also. The new one? Apparently, I don't like it enough to remember the name, but in my defense, there's a lot of cool stuff out there right now. There's- And very little time to actually do cool stuff.
0: Hard to, I, I will say that. I have had very little time to go to the range and test out stuff like this uh i got a sig one of the the new sig tango 6t scopes i have two of them now i have the military socom one and the standard one they sent me the socom one i bought the other one uh i went and shot with them once each one's on my ebr one's on a mark 18 uh, I've shot each of them once or twice and I just haven't had time to go out and keep shooting it yeah. to distance or up close. So that's why when people ask me like, oh, what do you think of such and such a product? I'm like, ask me in six months when I actually have like used it some, a bunch, or maybe even used it for the first time. Some of the products that I get, I use them once within a couple of weeks of getting it and then it's months down the road that I actually get to actually using the product. Or it just takes months for me of using it to have an opinion. So um we're never going to be that youtube channel or company that gets a product immediately does a video on it day one says it's the greatest thing ever since sliced bread all testing of 200 rounds Uh, we're not going to do that it takes time which i know is not generally how things work in the industry and with patience and amazon prime and all that
1: stuff but well we're also just kind of how it is we're we're a weird combination of busy and lazy so that's kind of yeah I didn't give a percentage. I just said, you know, the combination. I mean, I do like
0: playing Modern Warfare. <laughs> I do like getting those wins in Mini Royale, which they don't have anymore, which is upsetting. But whatever. Uh, how reliable is the MCX? The MCX has been very good for me. I've got a couple of them, a few of them. And uh, I've been running a couple of them for a few years, and then a couple of them for a little less. Uh, it's been very good for me. Uh, really like those. Impossible to get, thanks to Call of Duty. And then also impossible to get, thanks to everything else going on right now but they're really awesome. I think they're selling for like three grand uh, right now, um, but everything's selling for more and it's already an $1,800 gun-ish for a Virtus, um, but they're super, I, I really like them a lot. That's the main gun with me uh, that goes with me everywhere is a 300 Blackout MCX with a uh, eight inch barrel or nine inch, I think it's a nine inch barrel uh, with a Jimtech one rail that goes over it. Um, and then it's got an aim point, an Ingal, a mod light, and that's got 30 rounds of some weird a hollow point, subsonic something. And then uh, I've got other mags in a little bag, uh, two other mags, so I've got like 30 and 30 and 20. Um, you do math, quick maths on that. Um, that's what I have as my like truck gun. So most of the time, uh, great gun, awesome gun.
1: There's a bunch of people asking about specific holsters for things. I have bad news for you. The bad news is that we are working so hard to make product um, and optimize for various things that we're not, developing holsters quite as fast as normal. So we're not adding up, new sorry. stuff to the site as fast as normal. Keeping up is a full-time job and then some. So yep. I'm not saying that there's not stuff in dev. I'm not saying that there's not gonna be new Ragnaroks coming out, but it is slower than normal.
0: we have um, hired a lot of people since the beginning of the year too. A lot of a lot expansion.
1: Of, yeah, this, is, this has been a crazy year. It's been really weird. Been I know fun. it's weird for everybody, but it's... Uh, it's it's this is a weird space to be right now. Yeah.
0: Uh, more on that later. Actually, you uh, know, there's there's been some uh, there's there was a development that happened recently. We haven't talked. I mean, I've mentioned it a couple times on Twitch, ish. I think uh, maybe on an IG live. I don't know when we're gonna announce it. But there was some other expansion that we did recently, and then there's some other expansion we're working on. But I'm not sure when we'll, we'll actually be able to talk about that. But it's been. It's been pretty wild for sure yeah
1: it's super weird when when the company was small almost all of my dev time went into developing cool new stuff and then making it myself but yeah it's yeah. it's different being a larger company i definitely understand when i was younger i'd hear about smaller companies are more agile than big companies i was like what's the big deal you just do the same r d and then you just make more of them yeah. i get it now it's <laughs> it well, makes and it's sense. and
0: it's one reason why some companies in the industry i think they stopped developing new stuff because they basically develop as much stuff as they can that keeps them busy, and then they're like, well, we can't, you know, we haven't brought enough people to make the stuff that we already designed, so we can't, and they may release one thing a year, you know, or whatever. I think this year, we're not releasing a lot of new products this year, or Ragnarok availability. We've done a few, but we're not dropping a product, like, every month. Like, our original thought was, oh, it'd be really cool if we could do a wow. product every month. We just haven't been able to do that uh, with everything going on. Plus, even if we did, it wouldn't be smart or good because we wouldn't be able to keep it stocked and you guys would be upset and yeah and then it's my responsibility and it's my fault if i hype a product and promise it and then you guys can't get it because something happens and i hyped it too soon which i have done and it is bad and i have to i have to you know slap myself each time um so i have to work on that this but is that's also a problem thing. that can
1: happen. This is a really important thing to, to talk about because we have dropped the ball on some things and I really appreciated a conversation that we were having right before the stream with somebody I'm not gonna say who it is. Right. But he, he made uh. the point basically that if people promise stuff to us, vendors, people that have different kind of product that we're gonna resell, if they make promises to us and then they break those promises, it's not our fault. But if we promised that we were gonna deliver things to you based on their promise, well then, the promise that we broke to you is our fault. So that is the thing that we are needing to improve in and get better at and, uh, and apologize for when we, when we do break the promises to you, even if they're based on other people's promises. If the promise that we made to you gets broken, that's the thing that we need to apologize and ask forgiveness for, so.
0: Andy says, so you need yeah. to make a bigger facility. We already have, okay.
1: Oh, how did we make it Point. bigger? um
0: pick light bar got good news for you (laughs) that i'm not giving you no Uh, but yeah there's there's some good news on the picatinny light bar actually (laughs) so speaking of promises you don't get one next question (laughs) um yeah Uh, i will say we did get some in so but that's the only promise i'm going to give right now so um oh no spec mojo's in here what's up um Precision rifle gear. Uh, I we don't. I don't do precision rifle, um, so I don't get into that a whole lot. Uh, retention holsters very hard to do with patents and other stuff. Uh, we've actually we recommend Safari line holsters already. Uh, they are very hard to get, uh, which is unfortunate. And we've that's actually a product that we've wanted to carry for a long time, but has actually been a product we've been, in, been been unable to. So if you are in the need to carry uh, or use an active retention holster. Safari Land ALS system is my go-to. Yeah. It's what I recommend. I've got a few of them. I use them sometimes. If I had to open carry, I would definitely use an ALS holster. I would not be running passive retention unless I had very specific circumstances. Uh, so if you're looking for active retention and my other little advice is, uh, if you go to like uh, one of the industry sites like uh, Optics Planet or someone, or even Amazon, you go to buy, it may take months to get it because they're like, kind of back-ordering They're very it. backed up. Um, but if you go to eBay, eBay is actually where I'm going to buy a lot of stuff nowadays because this is an you get point. it, because yeah. it's on eBay, like buy it now or a bid, and I actually am going to get it shipped to me. So yes. if you have to find something weird, this little tip, uh, I went and bought a bunch of helmets last week. Uh, I needed some older school helmets for some stuff that I'm working on and just stuff, you know. going and buying them on a surplus website, well, I may not actually get them or something weird, I just went to eBay and grabbed three of them. So You should remember
1: this. So it's not only in the tactical space that everything is gone. I have a very sad story. My daughter's tricycle was stolen while we were on a walk. I went to buy a replacement. Tricycles, out of stock. Bicycles, out of stock. Trampolines, out of stock. And part of me is very happy and excited that people are buying stuff uh, for their kids to play outside with. That's all very cool, but it's just interesting that almost every industry has been hit in some way by this. And so, Everything. yeah, eBay, if you can buy a used thing from somebody that doesn't oh, yeah. need it anymore, that is one of the few things that's actually going to be in stock these days. So, definitely consider that. Um, Did we just Mojano, that an ad for eBay? Can we build Well, it? I mean, $20,000. Mojo says that he wants you to stop ignoring him. So I will keep ignoring you. Uh, Um, I was going to take over and ignore him. Is the
0: Strike Eagle viable? Uh, You get what you pay for for glass and magnified optics. If you have two, I think they're two eighty. If you have two hundred eighty dollars to spend, I would recommend instead that you get a primary arms red dot. Uh, They're they're pro line. They're better red dots. Are like two eighty. They have some new ones that are pretty cool actually. I'd recommend that as opposed to trying to buy a two hundred eighty dollars scope. Uh, minimum, scope-wise, I think I would do uh, a Viper PST, Vortex, about $700, I think, uh, for glass, glass clarity, light, tra- light coming through. There's a lot of stuff with scopes that yeah. people forget. It's not just, oh, I need 6 buy. Like No, there's other stuff going on with the scope you might need and want. Um, I would recommend you put that money into a red dot instead. Uh, most of your engagements are going to be within 50 meters as a citizen anyway for most of the scenarios uh, that can potentially occur this year. Um, there was some stuff that we saw last night, and it all ended up being from about three feet. Um, so having a one to six scope would not have helped in that regard. Um, a red dot is uh, superior. Uh, the red dot probably wasn't even used to aim in that situation. Um, so it is something to remember. Uh, scopes are awesome. LPVOs, one to sixes for uh, target identification, uh, taking a uh, riskier shot, even if you're inside of 50 meters. But for most people, home defense, civil unrest, being on a rooftop, um, you know, you're know, you not going to be shooting unless you can positively identify. Uh, most of that's gonna happen within talking distance where you can actually determine the intent of an individual and what's actually happening, and then they actually display force. Um, so red dots, I recommend that. And if you have to go budget, primary arms has some good ones. Hollow Sun has some good ones. Uh, don't try to do a budget scope. Yeah. that's it. Nah. That, I don't think so. It's an, so. I don't that's think it's an worth easier
1: it. question to answer in Tennessee because there's no long oh, range my. in Tennessee. Everything <laughs> is mere feet away. So yeah. Um, How many
0: tanks and planes you have? I have a wide collection of uh, World War II armor and uh, Cold War air power. Yes. I wish that were true. That would be super sweet. <laughs> but no. Yeah. We should buy some. I want to get some. So anyway, let's do a few more questions. Looking at this, 300 blackout, 5.56. 300's great, uh, 5.56 it has its place because everyone has it. Um, I would say it's more common to get, but right now probably not. But you are more it's more likely you'll be able to recover 5.56 um, out and about uh, than 300 blackout, it's a little more Gucci. I say have both, have both options. Uh, SCAR-16 ACOG, where do I place the scope? Uh, the ACOG, depending on which one you have, is a really short eye relief. Uh, if you have the TA31, I want to say, the standard 4x inch and a half eye relief, take it all the way to the back of the Picatinny, closest to your eyeball. If you have the 3.5 uh, power ACOG, you're going to actually run that a little further forward, closer to the ejection port, because that has a two and a half or 3 inch eye relief. Uh, but again, put it on, pull your stock out, get your length of pull set, uh, move it forward. Uh, play around with it before you actually go to zero it because you're going to want to leave it there once it's zeroed But uh, you got to have good eye relief. You don't want a lot of unnecessary eye box shadowing and all that rubbish
1: which by the way is the main thing that you need to practice with rifles Not so much the trigger part of the dry fire Just getting on the site getting on the site and figuring out that eye box I shot a match with a borrowed rifle one time. Yep. I was rough um, But very educational. Yes. No
0: going to one match is a great way. Uh, oh for sure. Yeah. You've been to one or two one no, I've only been to one. That's
1: the only one. We'll Thanks for asking we'll that live, to, by the way. Well will have to fix that.
0: that. Um, no, it's on my list. Uh, thoughts do. on, guys, these Super Duty ARs? Don't know a lot about them. Uh, I think there's some people who've had them. They're putting out their opinions online. You can research those. I've never used one. I've shot one at an event, but that doesn't count, because it's like 20 bullets. Um, so no idea.
1: Which is why I was experimenting with this borrowed optic uh, at, this, at this, uh, <laughs> this competition. I yep. thought it would be a cool learning experience, and it was but it was difficult to actually vet the product.
0: Um, uh, we're suppressing a 16-inch barrel on a 300 blackout. The answer is yes. Absolutely. 16-inch 300 blackout, the suppressor, is going to be insanely quiet with subsonic ammo. Um, I have a, uh, four, is it a 14.5? No, it's a 12-inch. Uh, I have a BCM 12-inch 300 blackout upper, and when I shot that suppressed with my SPS suppressor, uh, could barely hear anything. It was pretty cool. I got that gun. To run a night vision clip on with it, because my theory was with a one-to-six scope and a night vision clip on, super suppressed 12-inch barrel with an SPS can and a bipod, be a pretty cool little thing to quiet exercise gun.
1: with. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, it weighed something. That's for sure. Um, so that thing was pretty cool. But anyway, we should probably uh, finish this up. It's uh, here at 5:30 our time. I uh, do want
1: to ask you a question about that. So oh, as sure. we're wrapping yeah, yeah, up, yeah. here's that's what, what I means. wanted to say. Uh, because this has been a sort of depressing live stream. We've talked about ammo being out of stock, other stuff being out of stock, stock. potentially deplatformization, tricycles being stolen. Uh, What's something that you're optimistic about? Because I've got some stuff. I'm optimistic, like I
0: talked about earlier, uh, new opportunities arising from all of this. Um, One optimism that I like is there's a lot of people that are waking up to the uh, problems in society that are occurring, that are resulting in... Uh, destruction of private property, uh, lack of regard for humans, and we're actually seeing people wake up. Um, and as the saying goes, soft times create soft people, hard times create um, obviously stronger people. Uh, so I'm actually optimistic to some of these hardships, uh, getting people awake and getting people more interested in trying to benefit society and trying to um, make America a better place, better than you know it was when they were you know born into it. Um, that's honestly what I'm most optimistic about. There's the entrepreneurial aspect. Like I talked about earlier, uh, I've been getting, I posted some stuff on Instagram today, but I've been getting a lot of really good messages from people, um, which has been really cool and people going, I had some last night as well, uh, cause they were watching what was going on in Wisconsin saying, I have never paid more attention to some of the messages you're putting out regarding training and personal responsibility than ever. You know, every time a police department issues a public statement saying, You guys are on your own. We can't come help you. Our advice is stay at home. Like Every time a department says that, it further uh, solidifies uh, the purpose of the Second Amendment and just firearms ownership in general. And some of these events that are happening, I think, are actually going to make it harder for an assault weapons ban uh, because so many people are actually getting these messages from departments that will be brought up um, in Congress and in the Senate. And when it gets talked about saying, well, when a police department tells us they can't come help us, what are, what are we going to do? Well, you can't ban our guns. We have to have them. So I actually, every time that happens, it's actually strengthening that message. It is unfortunate, because cops aren't going to obviously respond to people in, in a problematic situation. Um, but some of these things are creating um, strengths in various ways, Absolutely. and uh, I'm optimistic about those.
1: Yeah. So I, I was going to say something very similar to that, partly because we've been talking about this stuff. A lot. But um, yeah, not only are people taking more personal responsibility, which is very important, uh, especially when they take responsibility for things that are their responsibility in the first first place and not just uh, expecting someone else to do it, but there's a lot of uh, decentralizing and strengthening of manufacturing and entrepreneurship in small businesses. Um, I see a lot of stuff that we have outsourced uh, coming back to America. And I'm just not saying that because made in America is always better. But local and decentralized manufacturing is very helpful and very important uh, for building a stronger and more resilient economy where people actually can see their responsibilities more clearly. So there are a lot of good lessons that could be learned from the unpleasant uh, things that are happening right now. Um, And that doesn't guarantee that everybody will learn those lessons well. But some people will. We're seeing people learning lessons uh, and taking away the right things from some of their observations already, and that is incredibly encouraging. Um, it's always unpleasant to learn about the need for strength through failure, through not having the strength. But if you learn from that and you actually go out and build the strengths that you need to prevent it from happening again or for doing it better next time, then that that is what's important. So I'm. I'm I'm curious to see what the actual lessons learned will be uh, across across the nation. But in a lot of places, people are are drawing the right conclusions. They're actually learning lessons. Uh, And hopefully, we remember those things in the future, after the election, after everything gets back to normal. um, People actually will learn from things, and they won't go back to the status quo. They will do something different. They will take more responsibility. They will think more carefully about things and uh yeah provided optimistic about that provided they disregard history which they don't disregard
0: history or yeah uh because obviously that's what a lot of people are doing they immediately want to forget things that happened a decade ago 20 years ago 30 years ago last week and that's and then you repeat it because that's how it works so as long as we you know in a year or two when everything's back to normal we can still look back and go what happened when corona hit what happened when these cultural things happened what happened when you know, these events happened, how can we learn from them? Are they going to be worse when they happen now? Maybe not as bad, Um, and we gotta go back further. I mean, we can look back at the LA riots, learn things from that, which do get brought up quite a bit, which is great, um, and other events, but what's happening in 2020 is definitely something we'll need to look back on in about 10 years, four years, two years even, Um, and not forget what actually happened so like pay close attention to what's going on like watch the news even if you're not that interested in politics or that interested in what's going on in portland or in wisconsin or wherever like no you should be paying attention to it even if you live in florida even if you're on the beach even if you're just like somewhere where nothing's happening because it could happen where you live it could happen in your city Uh, it could happen in 10 years all over the country or whatever so uh, definitely research that pay attention to it uh, watch it i i try to look into that stuff every day i check the news a couple times a day and then i'm running around here doing whatever um one thing i do is I will, uh, usually like once a week, couple times a week, I will uh, sit down, open up Netflix, and just look through all the media that they have on there and anything new that they've added and what kinds of new things they're adding. I look through the Xbox uh, Play Store at what games are being made, um, and then Steam as well. I just look at what all is being made, what all's being pushed culturally, because uh, yeah. that plays into, it obviously plays into my job in marketing, but it also just plays into society in general. Absolutely, so just pay attention.
1: Yeah, and understand, Ideas have consequences. What you're seeing in 2020 is some consequences. Of something from years ago. Think back over what the ideas were that led us to those things. And uh, the opportunities to see the consequences uh-huh. and kind of reverse engineer, were those ideas good ideas or bad ideas? The opportunity is here now to- To quote to Activision, know
0: your history. Well, some of you Absolutely. guys catching that reference, but you know, whatever, from today and the I, past week. I, but anyway, I, well, with that, with that said, guys, uh, we'll definitely uh, be doing these more another Wednesday somewhere else, talking about other things, uh, answering questions. We are bringing this back unless otherwise stated or noted somehow. So 4.30 next Wednesday, I know I just said that we're going to do it. We will do it next week.
1: We have to do and it. And then now. I will
0: stop saying that we'll do it so that we have more flexibility. But we are going to try to bring this back so we can push this out to the... Uh, itunes spot whatever all the
1: things that we're putting us on Uh, you run through that what a podcaster say give us five stars on itunes i think that's what you're supposed to say follow like subscribe uh, hit the bell notification
0: uh share uh what other you can do all
1: of that stuff but yeah this this live is going to be happening on youtube as long as it can go on youtube and it's going to be a podcast if that's easier to consume if you have time to go and give us a five-star review apparently that helps listen to it again um and uh yeah